editorial. The Activist Practitioner, issue number 4, December 2020. Sanism. What is Sanism? In this edition, we want the rich stories to speak for themselves to help us understand what Sanism is and how it might operate in the world. Here we briefly ask, what is it? We use the word so often when we work in areas of mental health, especially as a peer worker. We are interested in dynamics of power, and yet it still feels tricky to describe how it works. Some people use the word sanism, some people use the word mentalism, some people use stigma and discrimination. Either way, what we're talking about is pejorative attitudes, stereotypes, judgments about people based on their experience of mental distress or based on their psychiatric label. When sanism is operating, we're not collaborating as equals on building a shared understanding of social, emotional and spiritual well-being. There are many aspects of the system that mean the service user is the less powerful member of the partnership and the health professional is the more powerful or less vulnerable. People with mental distress or people who have been labelled with psychiatric diagnoses are often perceived as vulnerable or fragile, also as scary or violent or unpredictable. When we seek to challenge sanism in practice, we are asking what are practitioners doing to uphold their position of power at the expense of others' humanity? We want to ask where do these phrases and ideas like chemical imbalance in the brain come from? How do they come into usage? It's a theory that remains unproven, but it gets talked about like it's a fact, and service users and their families get told it's a fact. But it doesn't actually reflect the reality. Something that came up whilst reading Rachel and Annie's stories was the idea that trauma, rather than chemical imbalance, might be causing mental distress. Yet the system is doggedly clinging to the chemical imbalance explanatory frame. The politics of language. How do we call people in? How do we invite them to use more humanising language? How do I say it so I don't feel like I'm policing? We've all had experiences where people we care about have lovingly let us know that we've been using language in a dehumanising way. We want to shine a warm light on this to bring humanity back into the way we think about sharing a journey with people with distress. We started talking about sanism, and the theme that we see in all these submissions is the theme of dehumanisation. Feeling dehumanised is crazy-making, and then your distress gets pathologised, and then it gets worse. We are talking about a lived experience of life interrupting mental distress and its social consequences. When you have to unmake and remake yourself. When you have to ask, how do I have an awesome life even with symptoms? When we react in normal ways to abnormal situations. This issue presents stories that involve discrimination in many forms. Systemic, cultural, racial, structural violence. We wanted to ask how we bear witness in humane ways to distress. So we got together and read these pieces and bore witness. We realised it brought up big feelings for us. What was happening to us as we listened? How did it change us? The purpose of this editorial is to warm up the readers for what follows.
The pieces are extremely evocative and we wanted to let them speak for themselves. When we connect human to human, it's interesting to see what comes up for us and what we learn and what changes us. Many of these articles do come with content warnings and we leave it up to you to take what you will from it. We don't know the lived experience of people reading this. We asked ourselves how we can prepare people for coming into contact with these deeply felt stories. We wish there was something helpful we could do. But then we realised that maybe this desire to protect could be paternalistic and really designed to make us more comfortable because the idea of others' distress is difficult to sit with. We hope practitioners take the chance to encounter these stories. We hope it emboldens people to reflect on themselves and their practice. For some, this could be difficult and painful, but we trust you to get through. The Activist Practitioner Editorial Committee, with special thanks to guest editors Holly Vine, Rua Grace and Tina Kenny. We pay our respects to the traditional owners of the First Nations on which this issue of The Activist Practitioner was written, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. The story of the cover art of the Sainism issue of The Activist Practitioner, entitled Coral Reef by Pramila Gunda Javi. The story behind the painting is memories back home when I used to visit my grandparents' place in the holidays. They used to live near the beach, and when the tides came lower, you can see all the beautiful, colourful coral shells. You are listening to the editorial and the story behind the cover art of the Sainism issue of The Activist Practitioner, issue 4, December 2020. I'm Ruth Nelson, and if you want to see the written version of the magazine, head to www.activistpractitioner.com. That's activistpractitioner.com. See you for the next episode.